Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, you're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's program, a breakdown of how January January was weather-wise with Environment Canada's Terry Lang. She broke down the precipitation totals as well as the temperatures. Adam Bacallo with PI Financial reviews the performance of wheat and canola futures this week. And Saskatchewan ag exports in 2023 were just over $20 billion. We have a top 10 list of uh, exports by commodity as well as the countries that we exported our products to. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. Up first after the break is the monthly weather stats with Terry Lang of Environment Canada. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. January was a roller coaster of a month, from warm and dry to very cold, then warm again. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says the beginning beginning of the month was like December, warm and dry. Then during the second week, some Arctic air landed on the province, resulting in a cold snap for several days. There were 27 new cold temperature records made, with the coldest community being leader at minus 46.4 degrees. There were large temperature swings, with the biggest happening in Maple Creek. Yeah, it's it's a huge swing. Uh, Maple Creek, which set the the record for the warmest temperature in the province in January for any time that we've been keeping records, they hit 21.1. Just 16 days earlier, uh, they were down to minus 42.5, so over a 60-degree temperature difference between those two dates, 16 days apart. It's uh, It's crazy. During the warming period of January 27th to 31st, There were 69 new temperature records made around the province, with again, Maple Creek topping out at 21.1 degrees. While the chart of monthly mean temperatures at each weather station in Saskatchewan showed mild temperatures around the mid-teens, Lang says it doesn't tell the whole story because of the two extremes we had. Regina had a mean temperature of minus 14.7, Saskatoon minus 15.1, Yorkton minus 14, Estevan minus 13, Moose Jaw minus 12.8, and Swift Current minus 12.4 to name a few. Precipitation was minimal for most of the province during the first half of the month, 
with the exception of the far north, where it was close to average to above average. Uh, most of the precipitation, you know, saved for the first few days because that was still quite dry. And of course, the northern part of the province, because our jet stream is well, has been well to the north, that means the northern part of the province is catching some snow with the uh, systems moving through there. But the rest of the province has really been really lacking in precipitation. But that first couple of uh, weeks of January, there was some snowfall, particularly through like the parkland and, and northern grain belt uh, areas. But like places farther to the south um, really didn't get a lot of uh, precipitation out of that time. And when you get into colder air too, it's really hard to squeeze a lot of snow out of that moisture. Regina got 5.8 millimeters of precipitation last month. Moose Jaw 5.9, Swift Current 5.1, and Yorkton 10.2 millimeters, all below their respective normal totals. Saskatoon was the only place to get above normal precipitation at 14.9 millimeters, but only marginally. While the Parkland region and the northern grain belt got some snow, Lang knows more is needed for farmers. The snowfall um, is kind of like putting money in the bank for the spring, like moisture in the bank for the spring and, and hope that it makes it into the, uh, the soil just because it's uh, been running pretty dry for a pretty long time. And because we're at such a precipitation deficit, it's been running dry for a long time. Uh, it's not going to take one or two rainfalls in the spring to make up for it all. So it'll help with the near surface moisture. But uh, overall, it's it's been so dry for so long that uh, a lot more moisture Needed. Lang noted the El Nino caused the warmer-than-normal weather in the province, and it's forecast to start weakening in the spring, with a La Nina in the fall. Between now and when producers start seeding in the spring, Lang says there is hope for more moisture. Well, we're getting some good snow out of uh, this Colorado low um, that uh, made its way through, uh, particularly the, the the regions bordering the U.S. They've gotten quite a bit of snow, uh, and there's good high. You know, there's a lot of moisture in that snow too, so that's a good a good sign. Um, we are forecasting. It looks like out to about seven to ten days. We are looking at some colder air moving in, and of course, it's hard to squeeze anything out of uh, that cold air. Um, but March and April are our Colorado low type of months. Uh, and that's when we can often see our heaviest uh, snowfalls. So uh, there's still some hope left, uh, I think, for uh, getting more moisture. February is forecast to be above average temperature-wise. So, you know, we'll see how things kind of wash out uh, towards the end of the month. It's also forecast to be drier than average. So um, we'll kind of see how that goes. But there's hope for March and April. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. After the break, we'll chat with Adam Piccalo of PI Financial as he goes through how the March canola contract and the March Minneapolis wheat contract did for this week. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Another week of decline for the March canola contract. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Piccalo, says while March canola was up in early trading today, it was down this week overall. 
currently we're actually higher about $4 a ton to where we currently sit at $5.94. So has it found a, a bottom? I, I don't know I, about that quite yet. This week there was quite a bit of um, news from StatsCan and the USDA. The StatsCan report yesterday showed uh, kind of it was their stocks report as of December 31st. Um, There's no really big surprises with um, canola really up about 1% uh, in terms of the stock side of things. So, not again, not overly um, you know, bearish, but also not uh, kind of unexpected. And, you know, the other markets that kind of influence as well to canola, again, being the soybean side of things, um, beans, there was some unexpected changes in the, the February kind of report. Uh, I would say it was neutral at best for soybeans, maybe even slightly bearish kind of for the short term. Um, the U.S. stocks were, were more than expected and world uh, stocks were higher as well too. So a little bit of a, a more of a bearish report um, for, the, for the soybeans affecting canola. For a bit of context, yesterday Stats Canada released its report on stocks of principal field crops as of December 31st. Canola stocks were up 1.3% year-over-year to 12.9 million tons, while wheat stocks were down 10.3% year-over-year to 20.7 million tons. Barley and soybean stocks were up, while oats and corn were down. Regarding the March Minneapolis wheat contract, Picallo said it was also down a bit this week. This week, we're actually down approximately five cents a bushel. Uh, right now, on the day, we're actually up about uh, five, six cents on the March contract. Uh, so again, wheat has been kind of, I would say, trending a little bit more sideways kind of uh, recently. And unfortunately, though, the USDA report wasn't uh, very bullish. Um, there is uh, more, again, kind of like beans neutral at best. Uh, U.S. stocks increased. Uh, world stocks uh, declined a little bit. Um, but really exports uh, and then usage was flat. So uh, for the wheat markets, uh, it doesn't really seem like there's much bullish news out there right now. And uh, I don't always like to be the bearer of bad news, but it kind of it seems like that is maybe the case for the wheat market right now. And here's Picallo's near-term outlook. One thing I've been kind of uh, watching is how this, the U.S. dollar has started to increase a little bit more. Um, the Canadian dollar has been coming down a little bit from its highs that it made kind of uh, earlier this year. So that might affect things kind of going forward. On the, kind of the crude oil market, uh, crude has actually increased again a little bit. So that's something that I'm kind of watching as well to maybe see how that affects the, the oil seeds as well. Adam Bacallo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. Coming up on SaskEgg today is AgriView with Doug Falconer, as well as the Precision Weather Forecast with Phil Spivak. The program will return right after these messages. You're tuned in to SaskEgg today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop 
head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Canadian wheat stocks at the end of 2023 were considerably tighter compared to the previous year, with oats, corn and pulse crops also seeing supply reductions. That's according to the latest stocks report from Statistics Canada, released yesterday. However, canola, barley and soybean stocks as of December 31, 2023 were higher compared to the previous year. Canadian canola stocks as of December 31st came in at 12.9 million metric tons, which was up 1.3% from the same time the previous year, but slightly below the five-year average of 13.3 million tons. Meanwhile, total wheat stocks were down 10.3% on the year at 20.7 million metric tons. Barley stocks increased to 5.5 million metric tons, from 5.2 million tons at the end of December 2022. Oat stocks were down 40.3% year-over-year at 2.1 million metric tons. Pea and lentil stocks were down 15.6% and 30.5% respectively at 1.8 million tons for peas and 1 million tons for lentils. Corn stocks in the country were down 4.8% at 11.3 million metric tons, while soybean supplies increased 9.8% to come in at 3.8 million metric tons. Projected ending stocks of soybeans, corn and wheat in the United States were raised slightly higher in the latest supply and demand estimates from the United States Department of Agriculture, while production estimates for Brazil were revised lower. The USDA upped its call for 2023-24 U.S. soybean carryout to 315 million bushels, which topped average trade guesses and compares with the previous estimate of 280 million bushels. The world's soybean ending stocks for the marketing year were increased to 116 million metric tons, which compares with the January forecast of 114.6 million tons and the 2022-23 carryout of 103.6 million tons. For corn, the USDA raised its U.S. ending stocks estimate by 0.5% at 2.172 billion bushels, but lowered its world carryout to 322.2 million metric tons from 325.2 million in January. The U.S. wheat carryout was forecast at 658 million bushels, which compares with the January estimate of 648 million bushels and the 570 million bushels seen at the end of the 2022-23 marketing year. As you heard yesterday, federal court in the U.S. has pulled the Environmental Protection Agency's over-the-top registration of three products containing dicamba, Extendamax, Ingenia, and Tavium. The court found the EPA violated the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act that it failed to allow notice and comment requirements when granting its approval in 2020. A spokesperson for Syngenta, makers of Tavium, confirms the U.S. ruling does not impact access to these products in Canada. Dicamba is a wide-spectrum broadleaf herbicide that can, under certain conditions, cause significant crop injury and loss through spray drift. Release of the dicamba-tolerant platform in Canada occurred in tandem with application requirements to decrease off-target injury. 
Short seller Muddy Waters has placed bets against the shares of Canadian insurer Fairfax Financial, which owns the majority share in Farmer's Edge, alleging manipulation in the insurer's asset values. A newly formed Fairfax subsidiary inked a deal this January to purchase in cash all common shares of Manitoba-based digital agronomy firm Farmer's Edge, taking the company private again. Fairfax already owned more than 61% of the company's shares. Shares of Fairfax, a property and casualty insurer, sank 12% yesterday and set for their worst drop since September of 2008. The Canadian company's insurance business has struggled to remain profitable even after the hurricane-related catastrophes in 2017. And that's today's AgReview. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, looking at the forecast here, temperatures below zero, kind of looking like, uh, I don't know, normal, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, it is almost normal. Still a little above, especially with the nighttime lows not dropping off. The daytime highs are a little below normal, or a little above normal, rather. No, I was with the first time, a little below. It's the nighttime lows that are above normal. And I keep saying it backwards. We're above normal on both sides. We're less above normal during the day. We're more above normal. That's the wording. It's Friday. Uh, temperatures, because of that swing, though, show that they're really much more above normal than it might seem like. Gradually, though, by the middle part of next week, we'll start to head back toward normal both day and night. So that'll balance out. But in the meantime, even though we're uh, still not quite freezing anymore we're still above normal as you mentioned uh it's nice and toasty almost at minus three this afternoon there are some flurries though and that's the trade-off we're going back below freezing is that the precipitation first of all it's back there was a nice stretch of nothing and it's back in the form of flurries but these flurries are not likely to amount to anything looking at radar there is really a lot of light snow and flurries around so we'll keep that thread around through the afternoon even through part of tonight should amount to uh, little or no accumulation Falling off from minus 3 for a high this afternoon to minus 11 tonight with wind chill near minus 20. Cloud cover mixing with sunshine for tomorrow to high near minus 7 and partly sunny on Sunday. Temperatures actually come up a little more. There is some cooler air which is waiting to drop in next week. Ahead of it, though, a bit of a surge of warmer air gets us back to minus 3 for Sunday and Monday. Both days are dry. We'll be in and out of cloud cover both days. Then as the next cold front comes through, it is equally dry. Cloud and sunshine Tuesday, the high near minus 6. And then from there, we're back to the normal. Normal high uh, for today, at least minus 8. Pretty close to that middle part of next week. We'll be right around the normal. Minus 8, minus 20 day and night uh, for Wednesday and likely Thursday and Friday, too. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, minus 8 degrees. Normal lows, minus 20. Sun rose in Regina at around 821 this morning. Sun will set at around 605 later today. Taking a look around the province in Assiniboia, Mooseman, and Yorkton and Melville, minus 5. Esteban and Swift Current, as well as Weyburn, minus 6 degrees, and minus 4 in Saskatoon. The warm spot in the province is in Last Mountain at minus 2.2, .2, 
and the cold spot in South End at minus 14.3. In Regina, little light snow. West-northwest wind at 10 kilometers an hour, humidity at 86%, temperature minus 5 degrees or 24 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 101.7 and rising. In Moose Jaw, also light snow reported, west-northwest wind at 11, temperature minus 4. Again in Regina, light snow, west-northwest wind at 10, temperature minus 5 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalauction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture reports agri-food exports were $20.2 billion last year, the fourth consecutive year that a record was set. We have the top 10 breakdown by both commodity and country. Starting with the commodities, Saskatchewan exported 8,382,185 metric tons of wheat, worth $3.8 billion. Number two was canola oil at 1,161,148 metric tons with a value of $3.5 billion. Coming in third was canola seed, valued at $3.2 billion on exports of 3,726,640 metric tons. Durham was number four with exports of $2 billion on 3,541,403 metric tons. Lennel was the number five ag export, also at $2 billion, on sales of 1,692,780 tons. Canola meal exports came in at $1.2 billion on 2,202,895 metric tons. Peas were number seven at 1,619,511 tons, valued at $985 million. Barley placed eighth with 1,265,933 metric tons worth $578 million. Then it was soybeans with 738,123 metric tons worth $532 million. And rounding out the top 10 is oats, which had exports of 902,806 metric tons worth $359 million. Moving on to Saskatchewan's top 10 agri-food markets, the United States remains retains its number one spot at $6.7 billion, followed by China at $4.3 billion. Japan was number three at $987 million. Then it was Mexico at $917 million. Algeria, $765 million. India comes in at number six with $712 million of purchases. Morocco was seven at 493 million with Italy at 455 million, Indonesia 424 million, and Turkey rounds out the top 10 with 406 million dollars of agri-food imports from Saskatchewan. A lot of statistics there to digest, but basically a lot of exports last year for Saskatchewan. Good on us for that. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today, while I take a little bit of a quick break for my vocal cords, we'll next get into Bill 234, where the leader of the Federal Green Party was the latest to add her voice on the issue. That was uh, also supportive as well. Sask Ag Today, we'll be back right after this.
You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town number yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Whenever you mention the Green Party in these parts, you can hear the collective eyes roll or see the collective eyes roll. But from time to time, federal party leader Elizabeth May proves that her understanding of agriculture on the prairies far exceeds that of other MPs in the Commons. There was a discussion again Tuesday on Bill C-234 in the Commons, but it didn't get anywhere. But May was given 10 minutes to speak about it and why her party supported the Tory motion in the first place and still supports the unamended version. Here's what she had to say. So as someone who wants to see us all pull together, it was distressing to see that one of the uh, one component of Canadian society that both is severely impacted by climate crisis and therefore should be on side with doing something to, to keep it from becoming ever worse, and a, a part of our society that plays a big role in how carbon is sequestered would be alienated from efforts to act on climate by what felt like a kind of got to say, looked like a betrayal on a promise. If you say you're not going to apply carbon taxes on farms, and then people are surprised, farmers are surprised, well, paying a walloping carbon tax, how did that happen? Well, I think it's because, and I'm sorry for my liberal friends, but I don't think they really understand a lot about farming, and they didn't realize that fossil fuels used on farm were largely used in buildings to dry, to dry grain when they made the promise. So fine to exempt tractors, fine to exempt on-farm equipment. But here we come to the crux of what I wish we had done in the three minutes I have left to, to, to express what I wish we had done, which perhaps we still could do, which is to enlist farmers as the creative land stewards that they are, and as farmers sequester carbon through their practices and on-farm activities such as zero tillage agriculture, such as getting rid of summer fallows, such as moving, making sure you're doing more perennial crops and fewer annual, are massive effective at sequestering carbon in soil. And guess what? We talk about planting forests as a way of sequestering carbon. Carbon sinks in forests. Those are real. That's true. But right now, and largely due to climate change, our grasslands are better at sequestering carbon than our forests. When forests burn, you lose all the carbon. But here's something interesting, and scientists are looking at this a lot. When grasslands burn, you don't lose all the carbon because most of that carbon is stored well below the soil in the root systems that don't burn. So if you're offsetting for greenhouse gases, you're better off to protect your grasslands. And where ecosystems exist with grasslands, it's better to sustain them and keep them robust, which means what if, instead of just having carbon pricing on the fuel you burn, we paid farmers for sequestering every ton of carbon they sequester. What if we had an actual balance sheet on carbon pricing? Thanking and rewarding farmers who have taken on board protecting ecological services, all wetlands, protecting biodiversity, and making sure they are both restoring the health of soil, improving the profitability, the health of the food, and 
keeping carbon out of the atmosphere. Thank you, farmers. That's Green Party leader Elizabeth May. Coming up on SaskAg today is the market update as well as livestock report and resource report. We'll be back right after these messages. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola's up $1 at 558.92. Number 1 red spring wheat is up $4.36 at 314.48. The rest were unchanged. Durham 415.64, feed barley 227.58, chickpeas 1168.44. Flax 60604, lentils 75650, oats 29532, yellow peas 41961, and feed wheat 23846. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up seven and a quarter cents at six dollars and ninety-one cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past Thursday, we had a regular cow and bull sale with 250 heads showing up, and here's how it went. Them good cows were $1.35 to $1.45 with sales up to $1.53. The medium cows were $1.10 to $1.35, and them counter cows were $0.82 cents to $1.10. Them good bulls were $1.40 to $1.50, with sales up to $1.56.50. Them good young feeder-type cows were $1.45 to $1.65, and them young heiferettes were $1.90 to $2.25, with sales up to $2.41. Next week, Tuesday, February 13th, we have our all-breed calf and yearling pre-sort and our regular cow and bull sale on Thursday. If you have your marketing needs or are looking to book in, don't be afraid to give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt, reporting from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $182.28 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Farmers in Spain and Poland are demonstrating as part of ongoing protests against European Union farming policies and to demand measures to combat production cost hikes, reduced profits and unfair competition from non-EU countries. The actions follow similar ones in other EU member nations in recent weeks, with farmers complaining that the 27 nation bloc's environmental and other policies are a financial burden and make their products more expensive than non-EU imports. The European Commission, the EU's executive arm, has made some concessions to farmers over the last few weeks, including shelving plans to have the use of pesticides and other dangerous substances. The Polish and Spanish farmers drove tractors across both countries to slow down traffic and block major roads. On the markets, the TSX is up 22 points at 20,942. The Dow is down 97 points to 38,628. Oil is up 48 cents at $76.70 per per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.20 cents U.S. That's the resource report. 
If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Friday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.